A special welcome to Ben Portner, the musician behind our intro and exit music on the very first season of Archives for Aliens. Join us in this chat about what life is like as a musician and get a very authentic and raw view of how things have changed over the different years and Ben's 20-year commitment to making sounds. Hello everyone, and welcome to Archives for Aliens, a podcast recorded for future life on Earth, planet Earth, consciousness, creativity, the nature of reality, cool people making things, and life outside the box. What makes you tick? Is it like a candy and a wrapper or something? There's like a wrapper and a, over a box? Is, is that what it is? I, I see some like vegetation in the background but i'm having a hard time <laughs> picking that out um i guess since it looks like a since it looks like a candy and a wrapper i guess like uh wow that's uh you definitely chose chose an interesting one um <laughs> i i guess uh makes me think of um you know like i guess the fruits of your labor can be sweet i guess um since it's like i guess a piece of candy in some uh vegetation i don't know yeah i guess that's what i got just so you know you're not supposed to be able to tell what they actually are oh okay okay that makes me feel better so i've been seeing a lot of your your music uh pop up on my facebook feed and i'm interested to know if you've just started sharing like new work or if you're doing something different yeah it's a long story um i uh i was doing music as like my main thing for like since i was like 11 i guess and um then in 2016 i uh basically stopped completely and then in 2019 i started again and one of the one of the things that people i talk to who are who are really uh on top of their social media game have told me that in order to make more connections and and uh meet people that i needed to be somewhat exposed and uh show the things that i'm working on and the things that i'm doing so that's that's part of that's mainly why I'm, I'm posting so uh, consistently is to kind of have that presence in an online community, which my first time around as a musician was a big mistake that I made. I didn't have that social aspect. I kind of just went off on my own and 
and worked on the things I wanted to work on, which is great. But, um, you know, without that community aspect, even if it's just an online community, you're not really going to grow your career that much. So that's why I've been the consistency factor with, with all the posting and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I know that's such a tricky balance for me, too, with my art to like balance how much time I want to spend working on sharing it versus making it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the bulk of my time is I, I try not to spend too much time on the stuff where I'm sharing it. Um, the bulk of my time is, is spent making it. Um, but if I'm going to do a video or something, I don't want it to take me like, more than 20 minutes sometimes it, it unfortunately does but i try to have it to where it's not going to take me that long that's a good that's a good outlook i think and i know sharing music or video either one it's it can be a lot more difficult than sharing an image in some ways i think i think they both carry their own challenges um with sharing an image I think the challenge comes like we we live in such a you know I, I unfortunately I, I hate to admit it but I am on TikTok and like <laughs> you know it's uh but when when you're on TikTok you kind of learn what catches people's eyes and um you know we live we live in an age where like definitely moving pictures and uh video and things like that are what are gonna captivate people. And um, to me, it seems really difficult to get someone's attention with just an image. Um, so I think that poses its own challenge. Um, and in a way, like what I'm doing is easier than posting hmm. an image, so. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. In terms of captivating people's attention. It's yeah. hard, I mean, I'm still, trying to figure out like what it is that I'm going to be doing, you know, because um, there's so many different things that I do right now with, uh, you know, improvising on instruments or uh, producing, but ultimately the goal is to be producing and generating income from that. And um, I still haven't really found my niche or my sound yet, um, which has been very challenging and somewhat frustrating, but, you know, we'll talk about that more, of course. Yeah. What's the mix of sounds or styles of music that you play around in? Um, so I started off as a jazz musician, um, and that's basically where I come from. Um, I mean, I, I mainly started off with classical percussion, but I, I later got into jazz and that's like what I grew up playing. Um, it was a really great tool to understand music theory and understand uh, kind of the science behind music and, and what exactly is going on with, with chords and theory and stuff. Um, but it's also a style of music that I don't really, it's, it's kind of outdated and not a lot of people uh, identify with it so much. It's almost got its own cult following. Um, 
so lately I do mainly uh, hip hop and EDM on the computer. And those are the two genres that I'm trying to sort of make a mark with. Thank you again for providing the music for the intro and the exit for the podcast. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, it'll be on here. Okay, dope. Nice. What's, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about like maybe some of the backstory for that piece? For that piece, yeah. So um, one of the challenges that I've faced coming into this is finding projects because as a producer uh my job is to 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 give a background for people who don't know what producing is you know if you hear like a lady gaga her britney spears song or i guess who's like the bee's knees now like uh, uh selena gomez song whatever any of those people some someone has to make the music that they're singing to and so that that's my job is that i'm making that kind of music where someone's gonna sing over it, or there's gonna be some kind of vocal and one of the problems or, or challenges one of the challenges has been that um finding finding vocalists is, is pretty difficult and uh that's where the community thing comes into in the fact in the play where like you can't just be making music on your own and not really investing time into your social media aspect because um, when I started I didn't have much of a following and so it was very difficult to find projects so this girl that I worked with uh, she she's got a her moniker is called Ruby my dear which is a song by Thelonious Monk so it's a it's kind of an inside joke for people who know it but that's her moniker her name's gabby conan and uh she's from australia but she lives in california now and um i basically just we went we went to new school together so i went to the new school in new york and and we were friends over there but i never when i was at the new school i never worked with any vocalists um or produced so i just hit her up and asked if i could uh remix her song and that's that's how that came about that's interesting yeah i didn't think about how much you really have to work as a team when you're doing that kind of music yeah i mean with remixes um the song is kind of already completed on their end so she didn't really have to do anything she kind of just sent me her vocals and then i put new music behind her vocals um so for her there wasn't that much work that went into it aside from her like making the original song um but i've been taking on more remix projects and it's a really great way to develop a relationship with uh with vocalists um and as, as well as get your presence out there and have somewhat of a portfolio because again like finding vocalists it's, it's so hard so hard to do do you feel like they're out there though, thinking the same thing? Like all the vocalists thinking, where's the music? <laughs> it's hard for me to say, cause like, um, there are so many producers and I get it, it's so saturated. I guess the problem for them is that like probably 90 to 95% of the producers that are out there, um, to, to, to say this in a nice way, uh, wouldn't, 
wouldn't be their skill or technique wise to be able to um to be able to you know do something good with with what they're trying to do um because the producer especially if you're working remotely uh needs to know all the chords in theory and be able to songwrite and know a song form and a lot of people who get into producing they don't really know anything about that they're kind of just like oh i have a garage band i'm gonna make beats on this but they don't know how to develop songs they don't know uh background with with music and stuff and so i think that's probably their challenge is where they're trying to sift through the producers that um really know what they're doing so i'm sure i'm sure they have that thought slash challenge as well yeah that makes sense especially with electronic music and with technology it is kind of easy to just get started on something i could yeah I could it's see like, how, yeah it's anyone can i mean we've gotten to a point you know back in the pretty much from like the 70s to the early 2000s you know like uh you had to like go into a studio where you're paying someone like three to five hundred dollars an hour to make music and now everything's accessible on a laptop and pretty much anyone out there who, who wants to do it can buy the software needed to make this type of music so it's interesting but in a lot of ways i got really in this might sound off topic, but I got really into cooking the three years that I wasn't making music. That was kind of like my creative outlet. And uh, I found a lot of parallels between cooking and, and uh, producing, one of them being like, there's a whole bunch, but I mean like with, with cooking, these like Michelin star uh, chefs, you know, it's not like they have secret ingredients or access to ingredients that we don't have access to you know what i mean we have access to the exact same things that they do it's just that they know what to do with it and it's the same thing with music production like the none of these top producers really have like access to a secret uh instrument or a secret effect they have access to the same things i have access to and it really is how you use them that distinguishes uh, the pros from the not pros. I think that's a really interesting point. And there's 100% no off topic. We can we can yeah. explore any topic. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, and it's similar with art too. You know, it's like people have access to pens and pencils and paint, and there's no like secret ingredient there like mm -hmm. you know, just have to flow i also i know this uh I, I there's a friend of mine who lives in paris that i went to new school with but he's he became an artist as well and he's been selling a lot of his paintings uh this talented his name's matt chalk but you should check him out i will totally check him out yeah. Um, I'm also interested, like, aside from cooking, are there any other hobbies or, like, practices that you have in your life that influence the kind of music that you make or the way that you make it? Um, I think my uh, time in the business world was around uh, 2016, 2017 was when I uh, 
uh, got into the financial services world and, you know, I had no experience in the business world whatsoever. Um, so the organization and task management that came in the business world bled into my workflow as a producer. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes that any artist makes when they're creating is to just not like they'll, they'll wait for inspiration. And I think that's like a really bad thing to do. Um, otherwise you're going to be sitting there for hours. Like you have to just kind of go and whatever comes out, comes out. Um, and, you know, managing your time efficiently. So knowing in one day you're, you're dividing your project into certain tasks and making sure that you get those tasks done in one day. Um, when you approach it like that, you, uh, the song, uh, you, you see slow progress, but it's, it's definite progress. And, you know, by the end of the week, you have something more than you did before. Even if it's something that takes like 20 or 30 minutes to do, um, it, it makes more progress than just not sitting down and, and saying to yourself, uh, I think I'm, I'm going all over the place, but I mean, like a lot of people, they, they kind of psych themselves out before they start a project where they say, you know, um, there's no way I can finish this in like uh, a week or so, or like, this is so daunting. How am I going to do this? And I still have those feelings with most projects that I start, I still, I'll set up like a skeleton of, of you know, what the project's gonna look like. And I, I'm saying to myself, man, like, and they're kind of just bad thoughts, you know, where you're just like, you know, how am I gonna do this? Um, is this gonna turn out like garbage? Um, I'm hoping someday those thoughts go away, but like, I, I still have those when I start a project. Um, but yeah, like, the task management where like I'm going to get a certain defining certain things that I need to do in the session and then getting those things done in a day. Um, that that kind of came from the business world. Um, so there have been parallels in, in the corporate business world, despite it being so different from what we do, what you and I do. Um, so yeah, the business world, um, has influenced my workflow. And then um, I'm trying to think of like other stuff that I've been into. I mean, I was, uh, I was really into Judaism for a long time and uh, I'm starting, I, I wasn't in, or I was into it for like a short bit. And then now I'm starting to get back into it again a little bit. Um, I guess that's kind of had an effect on, on how I work. Not, not Judaism specifically, but just, I don't know, religion in general. I like learning about religions and it's, it's had some influence on my music, I think. So I guess those things, I can't really think of anything else that's like, aside yeah. from childhood experiences. Do you have any spiritual practices? Um, I, uh, sometimes, sometimes I'll like, uh, 
sometimes I'll like read uh, Jewish philosophy or um, like uh, maybe like pray, but um, the things I pray for are like, I feel like are different from what other people pray for, I guess. I don't know. I, I pray for like being able to have like certain mindsets, you know, I want to, I want to one, I know one thing I used to pray for was like to be able to not care what anyone thought about what I did artistically. So like, I pray for stuff like that, you know, um, I don't really pray for things or for things to happen, I guess, but more like, uh, I pray for being able to like, to get certain places mentally. So yeah, like something like not caring what people think or praying for, um, praying to praying that I can be like more kind to others and kinder to myself, you know, because I feel like those are things, whatever it is that's guiding this universe can help you with, you know. I like that. I, I think that makes a whole lot of sense to me. So that's that's my only spiritual thing that I haven't really been practicing any dogmatic rituals or thing. I mean, I lit candles for Hanukkah, but that's about it. So. I made some latkes. That was my Hanukkah practice. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> so good. But um, no, that's interesting. I I forgot that you were Jewish. Yeah. Or maybe I never knew that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I am. <laughs> I went to I went to yeshiva when I was nineteen. Oh, okay. I really didn't know this then. Yeah. Because so I, I went I, to a Hebrew school too. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I was I was into pretty into it for a while, but um, it's definitely more balanced now. I, I like where I'm at now more than I was back then. So. Yeah, I was never really. I was definitely never into the religion of it but I think just having taken so many Hebrew classes and like seeing the world from the viewpoint that Jews like study the world in I think that's influenced my art and the way that I think about things because it's like this constant questioning and discourse about everything yeah it's hard for it not to influence the stuff you do especially if you like grew up with it or like because there's, there's a lot of things in there that just get you to think about stuff and it, it bleeds into your art. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that it does. If you had to describe your philosophy behind your music, what would it be? My philosophy behind my music? Um, it's hard to say because I'm still... I still feel like I don't have like my niche or, or sound, um, but. Um, How about I, your approach? I, I mean, I, I, I was gonna say like, you know, I can say like what philosophically I want, like, or I guess what I want my music to do. I want people to like hear it and have their lives you know, suck less, you know, <laughs> I, want, I want them to turn on their Spotify's after a bad day and hear my stuff and, and have it make them feel better, or have them be at the gym and make them want to 
want to go live life and do stuff. That's, that's what I want my music to do. And I think earlier in my life, that wasn't my goal. My goal was more like be great and be one of the best. And now that's kind of more my goal. I want to, um, I want to make stuff that makes people feel good and, um, you know, adds, adds to their lives. And, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my goal. And my approach to music is to make things that, that'll like get people going and make them feel good. Yeah. The power of music and art to transform people's emotions is huge. For sure. For sure. Do you, think that you could view your music ever as like a form of prayer in of itself um I don't think so no I uh because like and it's interesting because like I, I there's actually a there's a Hebrew thing I'm producing right now with this dude Aton Cantor um he went to Clayton yeah I that name sounds so familiar. I'm sure. Yeah. So know him. he, he sang, he wrote a song and sang it and then sent it to me and I'm putting the music behind it and it's a Jewish song. So I guess with songs that are like, like that, you know, I guess it could come cause the, the lyrics are literally a prayer, I guess in that instance it could be. Um, but when I'm making hip hop or EDM, like, um, I, I don't have that in mind at all. Um, so if it's like prayer music, then yeah, I have that in mind, but um, not for the stuff that like I'm trying to like get big with. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely not. So just like the general vibe is uplifting. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. The vibe, I want the vibe to be uplifting or I want it to like, I want it to make people dance or like bang their heads or just like any of those things. I, I just, I want it to do that. Do you have a dream project or job description? Yes. Um, I have so many dream projects. Um, part of being a producer is you can pretty much collaborate with whoever you want to. Um, I would really like to collaborate with, um, there's so many people out there. Um, if I could do something with Skrillex one day, I think my, I could die a happy man. <laughs> uh, Kendrick Lamar. Um, I would like to do something with him. Um, who else? Avicii, if he were still alive. Um, Calvin Harris. I mean, Pharrell. There's so many people where I would just want to be in the studio with them and make music. So there, there's a lot of dream projects there. And... Um, I'd say as far as a uh, like dream job, I would like for um, like producing people's tracks and producing my own music to be what generates my income. So that's pro that's the dream job right there. It's so like just full-time producer. Yeah, I would like to do that, yeah. Do you have any tips for anyone out there listening who wants to get more in touch with their ability to express themselves? So that's like, that's like all encompassing of art in general, right? 
Yeah, it, it, it could be anything. It could be anything. Um, first of all, definitely just being yourself as much as you can. Um, you know, that's, I think that's key. Um, and don't be afraid to try stuff and be bad at it. You know, I think, I think that's something a lot of, uh, I know a lot of people who are perfectionists, especially in music or in sports, whatever, that don't want to try new things because they know they're not, they know they're not going to be very good at it. And um, I think one of the best, like really good ways of expressing yourselves is yourself uh, is like getting out of your comfort zone and doing things that, that are going to make you uncomfortable. Um, an example, I guess when, when I was living in Chicago, I joined a uh, improv group and um, that was very intimidating. I remember the first day, I, I think an hour into it, I was just like, man, I made a mistake signing up for this, but it ended up, it ended up being really awesome. And um, I met some really great people there. Um, but yeah, I would say be yourself to the fullest and don't be afraid to try new stuff, especially artistic wise. Don't be afraid to just venture and don't be afraid to make something bad. Don't be afraid to write a bad poem or make a bad picture. Like give yourself permission to do that, you know? Yeah, I, I totally relate to that. Um, you know, for me, I was thinking when I start something new, I actually have an easier time like getting started because it doesn't have all this like pressure around it in a weird way. So I feel like I'm always exploring new mediums or new projects because it has that sense of freedom and freshness where like, obviously I don't know how to whatever do X. So it can be anything. <laughs> That's just a great attitude to have. I mean, it's one of those things I'm working on is, is to have more of an attitude like that where I can like one, like approach a genre that I don't know well and give myself the capacity to not have that pressure. Um, and I feel like that's something you can pray for too, you know, <laughs> like those, those states of mind that I, I pray for things like that. So um, I think, uh, yeah, like I have that, especially like with writing. Um, if I were to write like any type of classical piece, um, I would definitely, there would be high anxiety doing that. And um, if I do end up doing something like that later in life, you know, it would have to be where there was no pressure to do it. Have you ever tried applying to the, or applying that to things that are outside of music? Like you said, cooking even. Yeah, I had a really healthy attitude towards cooking where, you know, I would just make food and some of it was good and some of it wasn't and it was still fun no matter what um and then also with improv i had that where you know i didn't i was i was in a class with like professional actors and i was like what the hell am i doing here but then like no one really cared 
you know that that I that I didn't know what I was doing so it was it was just a good time no matter what and I think ultimately that's like what any art form kind of needs to be about is is having a good time and having it be like something that's healing for you yeah I, I agree. I know my, like, my art practice is absolutely what keeps me, like, grounded and in connection with myself and able to process all this crazy world <laughs> that we find ourselves in. Yeah. It's like a safe space. Is there anything that you would go back and tell a younger version of yourself? Oh, man, so many things. <laughs> so many things uh, I mean I also like I've seen a lot of like uh, time travel movies where like if you do things like that then it affects the whole course of the universe so I wouldn't really do that but you know I, if there was someone that could tell me this stuff um, I would definitely tell myself that you know it's not a race to figure this stuff out and to find your sound and I need to tell myself that too now um but I know people were like for example they weren't very the most talented or they were they weren't um very proficient in high school like on their instruments and then like four years later they were like monsters on their instruments you know um so as it really isn't a race, like there, there are so many people that come into their prime, like later in life. And that's something I need to keep telling myself now, because I, I definitely have a bad habit of getting ahead of myself and wanting things to happen quicker um, with my career and stuff. But it, um, yeah, it takes time. So I would tell myself that. I would also tell myself to probably have more balance in my life. Um, before, I'd say I started getting really serious in middle school. And before, like towards the end of middle school, I was like full into this, like I'm, I'm doing this music thing. And before that, um, I had a lot of friends. I was uh, having a lot of fun. I just didn't, I played sports and um, when I went straight into this music shit, it like, it, it got very isolating. Um, and so I probably would have told myself to have a little, little more balance in life and, you know, join some clubs or play some sports, do things that aren't music related. But at the time, what was going through my mind was like, you know, um, I have to get it as good as I can, as fast as I can. Like there's not enough time to do it, um, which obviously wasn't true. But as a younger person, it's it's hard to put that into perspective. And it's hard when no one around you is, it really understands what you're trying to do. And so if there was someone, you know, if I had like someone I was mentoring right now, I'd be like, you know, go, I don't know, go join the cross country team or something, go join a club. Like, you know, don't, don't just spend your time doing this, you know? Yeah. 
that's really amazing though that you've stuck with it with that amount of dedication all this time I'm glad I'm still doing it. I mean, I, cause in 2016, I literally, that was when I graduated with my master's in composition and about a few weeks after I graduated, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. And, um, I think what people don't get is like, when I said, when I was like going through that, I had it in my mind that I was never going to do music again. Like that. I just didn't want to do it anymore. There wasn't an attitude of like, Oh, maybe someday I'll uh, go back. It was like, no, nah, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Um, so I'm glad that that didn't last and that I'm, I'm doing it again. So, but yeah, like, I think part of the reason I probably had to take that break was because my life was just so unbalanced and there was so much pressure involved with uh, being able to do this for real that I just, uh, I just had to stop. So I'm, I'm glad I'm doing it again now, but the, the dedication I had when I was younger, it's, it's not like it was all bad because there are certain it was an investment, you know, there are certain things that are ingrained in me now uh, and skills ingrained from having practiced so much where I don't need to practice as much as, as like someone who didn't do those things growing up. So it's not like it was all bad, you know, I don't think, I think most people don't like high school in general. So, you know, I'm just going to assume everyone was on the same page with that. Yeah, probably. Well, I'm definitely glad that you're back to making music too. I didn't realize it was like such a full quit, even like when we talked about this at the beginning of the interview. Yep. It was a full quit. Mm -hmm. It was a full quit because I just, at the time I had like five different jobs and I was going crazy just trying to balance everything. And then, and then it just all came crashing down where I was just like, I, I got into this place where I literally had to quit everything. And then um, I decided I wanted like a regular job, job, you know, um, and I kind of had this attitude going into the business world that I was going to like climb the corporate ladder and do all that. But luckily I've, I've gained more balance with that as well. I think one really, one thing that's been, advantageous but also like one of my weaknesses is how all or nothing I am about a lot of things um so the good thing being that you know I can get really good at stuff because I can dedicate myself to things but also like I can get carried away when I dedicate myself to something so I even have to, to remind myself of that now because um you know I'm, I'm balancing my job with this music stuff. And sometimes with the music stuff, I'm like putting so much into it and um, wearing myself out, you know, where it's just like, I shouldn't be wearing myself out as much as I should. It's, it's hard to, it's a hard balance to say, you know, cause I, I, say like, yeah, I shouldn't be wearing myself out as much, but also like a lot of the people that I look up to who have 
made something of themselves in this world, you know, talk about how they were up for hours working on songs, you know? So, um, and I don't necessarily think you need to be like losing sleep in order to do this, but there does need to be that consistency. And like I was talking about before with task management, that definitely helps with that, knowing you're gonna get a certain thing done in one day. Um, but there's still that, always that voice in the back of my head that says you're, you're not doing enough. You need to, you really need to be doing more. Yeah, the inner critic voice. I, I hear about that a lot from artists, like along with the general challenge of how to, how to balance like creative freedom with finances. It's tricky. Yeah, for sure. So since you've taken that break, like what did you learn by going through that? How are you a different person now? Um, I'd say I learned um, you know, being careful what I say, I guess. Um, I think I had this notion that, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, acquaintances who have grown up to make a lot of money um, doing things like lawyering or doctoring or whatever. And uh, I think in my last role, I had the opportunity to be something like that and realized that um, that wasn't going to make me happy. And I think going into it, I thought it, did, it would because as like a musician artist, um, you kind of, you're used to being poor, you know, and you look at that and you just say, man, that must be awesome. Um, so I think what I've learned from that break is that, you know, financial stability is okay. It doesn't mean you sold out. Um, but you also like, don't need to be making like a whole lot of money. You know, <laughs> I think I've gotten to this point where um, if I'm making enough to live comfortably, as well as being able to do what I want artistically, that that's a good place for me to be. So it's again with the all or nothing stuff, you know, I don't need to be a millionaire to pursue this. Um, and if I was to put that time into being a millionaire in the financial services role, I probably wouldn't have time to, to do this. So the, the whole balance thing, you know, uh, just needing enough to make your stuff work. Yeah. I get what you're saying. That's That sounds like a nice plan. Yeah, so far. Although I know you want to, you want to get into it full time. Eventually, yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna take a long time though. Probably like, I'm, 
I'm, I'm hoping not this long, but I, I definitely have like a 10 year type of scope of, of how long this is going to take, you know, could be 10 years, could be 20 years. You know? That's a good attitude though, to at least know that you're, you're that dedicated, dedicated to it for decades. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, and sometimes, sometimes I forget that, especially like, you know, I, I say that, but sometimes, sometimes I have a day where I'm just like, man, I'm not, I'm not where I should be right now. Um, and again, you know, having control of your thoughts and your emotions, you know, uh, being able to, um, not suppress, but to know that those are falsehoods and, uh, and, you know, be okay with where you're at. And I think I've had, I've had validation from music friends too, you know, telling me like, you know, look at how much progress you made in a year, you know, you really need to chill out and it helps. It helps when I hear that from, from my friends, you know, but, um, yeah, there's, there's always going to be that part of you that says you need to do more, that you're not where you're supposed to be. Um, and it's a double-edged sword because, yeah, like you're so self-critical, but it's also like you're not growing if you're not saying something similar to that, I guess. Yeah. Do you have any kind of like emotional wellness practices or anything that kind of gets you through that? I should, <laughs> I should, I should have that, but I don't. Um, sometimes I, I have a close, I have some close friends that I went to the new school with where sometimes I'll call them and discuss how I'm feeling. Cause they're really the only people that kind of understand what that feels like and what, um, there it's, it's, it's something that I can't really talk about with certain people because they don't, they don't understand what it's like to feel that way. Um, so usually I have to call like a musician friend cause I have a lot of friends that aren't musicians. Um, and not to say you shouldn't have friends that aren't artists, you know, like, and the thing about not having, I probably trust my non artists friends judgment on my music than actual musicians. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, like, because they, if their first impression of one of my things is like, wow, this is awesome, then I know that like the average listener is going to have that reaction. Um, if their first, re and they have no problem being honest with me, if their first reaction is like, wow, I'm not feeling this, then I know that average listeners are probably going to have that same reaction so i take i actually take their uh their criticism very seriously um but also like i kind of can't talk with them about like these feelings that i have where it's like you know i'm not doing enough or i, I need to be better at this um so with the emotional wellness yeah i'll, I'll uh call my friends sometimes and uh talk to them about that stuff um unfortunately i don't like meditate or anything i mean i really should there, there are a lot of like emotional well-being things that i should be doing that i am not doing <laughs> so um if if anyone's listening to this and 
yeah, like I'm sure other people you've you've interviewed do have that, but I do not. So thank you for being honest. I yeah. mean, I think I also hear from a lot of people in different contexts that like those kinds of things can start to cause more stress in some ways. Mm. Um, somebody was talking about this last month. Um, an acupuncturist she was explaining that if people don't have enough space like you have to create space or time in your day to create a yoga practice or a meditation practice and if you don't already have that space then trying to get yourself to do anything would just be way more stressful yeah I mean I hear like even devoting like five or ten minutes a day to that is like makes a difference so I know a part of me is like, you know, I, I shouldn't have an excuse for that, but like even something as simple as like, I, I get pretty overwhelmed because, you know, I, I do my work and then I want to work out like three times a week and, um, working out for me, it, it's become very different now that I'm 30. Um, I think in my twenties I worked out because I wanted to look a certain way. And uh, now that I'm 30, it's easier for me to work out because now that I'm 30, um, it's not to look a certain way, it's to just live longer, (laughs) you know what I mean? And not feel like crap. Um, I think it's easier to work out when you don't really care what you look like because your your goal is just, my goal is to just stay alive longer. Um, But like even something like that, making time for that is pretty stressful for me too. Cause then it's like, all right, I'm devoting time to this and then I'm devoting time to my music, which needs a lot of time. How am I going to carve out more time for something like meditation or emotional wellness? So it, it does carving out more time to what I'm doing now even causes me stress. So, yeah. I think it's really cool that you use um, non-musicians to judge your music. Oh, yeah, I actually got that from, I remember I read that from Bill Evans when I was like 18 years old. Like like when I was 17 or 18, I, I Bill, Bill Evans said that he's a piano player. And when I first heard him say it, I thought he was full of it. I was like, what, what are you talking about? Like, that's, that's dumb, you know, because especially with jazz because like a lot of people with jazz they just don't know what's going on but as i got older i realized how true that was because like ultimately they're the ones that are going to be judging your work and listening to it and if it if it doesn't make them feel a certain way then you know there's it's like when someone who from a technique perspective technical perspective knows what you're doing um they're gonna judge you less on the way it makes them feel and more on like how you technically executed things and then you know the people who don't understand that stuff they don't care how you technically executed something they they just they're just gonna judge you by how how it makes them feel and and whether they like it or not so i think in all any type of art form that like the average listener or the average um, viewer is is going to be your best critic. Do you think about your audience when you're making work? Um, 
not when I'm making it, but definitely like after it's done. Um, during the creative process and the actual making of the music, um, it's kind of just doing what makes sense and um, do, doing what makes sense musically and obviously like taking risks and stuff, but I'm not saying to myself like, you know, oh, I'm gonna put this in because I think someone's really gonna like it. It's mainly because I'm gonna like it, you know. I'm, I mainly have my own tastes in mind when I'm creating, um, but after it's done, then I'm then I'm kind of like, okay, is someone really gonna um, really gonna listen to this or, or mess with this? Yeah. How do you think that society benefits from musicians in general? I mean, um, so many people like listen to a lot of music without even knowing they're doing it. You know, so many people work with music on, I can't do that because I'll end up analyzing the music, but like people work with headphones on listening to music, they listen to music in their cars, they listen to music at the gym, they listen to music before they go to sleep um it is kind of like and you know we live in an age now where like you can pretty much listen to any song you want to on a streaming service whenever you want it if you had told someone you could do that 30 years ago they they would have thought that was the coolest thing ever um so i think it's one of those things that even for people who don't realize it it's it's enhancing their lives and and making making their lives um like it's adding more to their life you know like it makes their drives to work less boring um it gives feelings of you know everyone has songs that they know from when they were kids and listening to those just can invoke so many emotions um so I think it, it does something for everyone. Do you ever think about your music being found like a thousand years from now into the future and having um, it investigated? Yeah, I mean, I've thought about that. And I mean, I have a pretty dark perspective. Like I think, you know, because eventually like the, the earth is, is like going to cease and human beings are probably going to cease to exist. So like kind of like what's the point of making all this music stuff if eventually it's gonna disintegrate or whatever but um i haven't that's the only thought i've had on it i haven't been like oh man what if someone picks this up a thousand years from now so now that you've implanted that in my head that's something i'm gonna need to marinate on and see how i feel about it but that would be kind of cool if if uh I made something that was kind of timeless and, you know, it was like, oh, this was hot back in 2020, you know, or 2021, so. For the aliens. For the aliens, right, exactly. Yeah, that's, a, that's what was like part of my inspiration for the title, The Archives for Aliens, like, <laughs> someone will find this. Yeah. Whatever amount of years and be like, oh, this is what was going on. Yeah. I know there's hundreds of other, no, there's way more than hundreds of others. Yeah. But 
they're not properly titled, so this one's obviously for the aliens. Right, exactly, exactly. Where would you like to see more art in the world? Or by art, I mean music. Um, I definitely think um, it's a good question. Like, I know, like, school programs have, like, music programs and stuff but like i think they're kind of outdated um like everything is going into electronic music and like people i think kids would be more into music if they were being taught how to make the music that's popular with them as opposed to like some a crappy band piece you know if they were being taught all right this is how you make something that like little uzi or little baby would flow on like we're gonna work on that i think it would inspire a lot more people who are younger to do music um as far as like seeing music more in regular life i mean i don't know how it's already so all-encompassing and and it's it's everywhere that i don't think i mean i guess there could be more live shows and um people could have more appreciation for that but um i don't really know how much else because everyone's always listening to music so i don't really know how how else i would want to see it in the world but yeah. in the education aspect there's definitely a lot of changes i would make and did you ever teach music? Yeah, I did. I was uh, I was like a private tutor, and then I was also working at Batterot College for a while, teaching classes there, um, and piano lessons and that sort of thing. Um, I enjoy. I really enjoy teaching um, all levels. I enjoy teaching all levels. Um, I think my favorite thing though is like taking on and I haven't had this yet but like taking on someone who you know is going to be like who you know has what it takes and like showing them what to do um that's like the best teaching situation for me is is like more where it's more of a mentorship and it's not like a set amount of time where like I'm going to teach this person for an hour you're kind of like this person's mentor and showing them the ropes and, and how to do things that's my favorite teaching scenario but i do also enjoy like teaching other levels and stuff and i'm hoping to have some students this year um at any level beginner intermediate advanced so do you have a mentor that you work with i have a lot of mentors yeah and Right, right now I just started with someone in California and um, ever since I started getting back into music, I've always had a teacher because um, I saw that as the fastest way of getting to where I want to be. Uh, you know, investing money in someone that's going to show you like quickly and efficiently the things you need to do and provide you the objective feedback that you need to get better um that 
is priceless in my opinion and not enough musicians do that so and that was one thing i also learned in the business world where that um, a lot of financial advisors were paying for mentorships and that sort of thing so i kind of applied that to myself as well so uh this guy who wrote a lot of the curriculum at uh the icon collective school his name is orion uh Navale. and so I, i've i've been studying with him um but yeah last year i had so many teachers because i was always just trying to find the next person that was gonna take me to the next level um and over the year when i was in high school i had so many mentors and teachers and in college i did too so it's um i always try to make sure to have that but I know eventually there's going to come a time where, which is probably going to be sooner than later, because I have had a few teachers say to me, like, you know, there's nothing else I can teach you. Like, you need to go on your way now. And for me, that's kind of scary. I like having someone, I like having some type of guru that can, like, tell you the answers. And then, like, ultimately, I know I'm going to get to point where I'm so technically proficient that uh, that just won't be there for me that I need to just figure stuff out on my own and, and go. So that's a scary thought for me. Yeah, that, that sounds terrifying. And also to me, it sounds quite awesome. Yeah. But I really, for some reason, enjoy like plunging myself into weird adventures. Yeah. I don't know what that's about just discovery yeah for sure so do you have any plans like for the next month or the next six months any projects that are coming out or anything yeah. you want to talk about um so i'm working on a uh remix for this uh pop duo called dance loud and they're in chicago um and it's uh these it's yeah it's a it's a pop duo they're very good and uh right now i'm working on a remix for them um i'm also trying to make beats for a few artists um like like rap type stuff and um and then there's that thing with aton that i'm doing um but that should be finished soon um so i like to have i like to have a lot of projects because i mean some people like it's where they they're just focusing on one thing at a time i like having a lot of projects because if I, I take that task management approach to where um i can get certain tasks done with each project and it'll i don't have to spend too much time like uh too much time on one thing, you know, that I can sort of switch around. And some, some people might find that detrimental to the workflow process. But for me, it's, it's uh, allowed me to get more done and not get burnt out as, as quickly. So I take on more projects, but in, in return, they also probably take a little longer because, because I'm not, I'm doing a little bit on each one as opposed to spending a lot of time on one. Yeah. I mean, I, with paintings, like I totally know what you mean. I, I don't think I could ever work on one painting at a time. I don't want to say never, 
but maybe now I have to challenge myself to do it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. It's always like one, then another, then a different one, then another one. Right. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of just have to let yourself flow and, you know, if you get yeah. tired of doing something, just do something else. You know? Exactly. Yeah. That's like, it sounds like, I don't know if you do this with your workflow, but for me, I like work on something until it loses my attention and then I don't stop working. I just like do something else. But if I had to force myself to keep doing that thing, I would probably lose more time. Yeah, because you're, you're like, I don't want to use the word bored, but I mean, it's just like your your mind isn't there, you know, and you can't like yeah. yourself to be there. So you might as well focus that creative energy elsewhere. Yeah. It's like a network form of efficiency or something like that. For sure. Yeah. So thank you so much for doing this interview and providing the music. Um, yeah. I know it'll at least be on the first 12 for the intro and the exit music. Um, so now we have where that came from, which is pretty cool. Awesome. And I really appreciate your time here and sharing like a lot of, you know, the stuff about the mindset and how that all works for you. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who think that art life is, is easy and when they're struggling, at least from what I hear, then they think it's just them. So I think just being a person out there to share that experience and know that you're still doing this after how many years? Uh, I guess like 25 years. Okay, um, 25 years. <laughs> so that's that's like such a success in my mind. There's some gaps in there though, so not really. But I, I did, I, I like started playing piano when I was five. So I guess, yeah. We'll count that. Okay, we'll count. So yeah, that's a huge success to stay on the artistic path for that amount of years, I think. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. No problem. It was great. It was great being here. Do you want to share your social media links? And I'll, I can also type them in the description for people to find yes. you. That would be awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks again, Ben. We'll talk to you guys next week for more archives with the aliens awesome all right now we're archives with the aliens not for the aliens <laughs> good all right